What's up, everybody? Welcome back for episode 44 of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams. I'm here with Randy Hall. Randy, how you doing? I am uh, doing all right after sleeping for most of this day. <laughs> I'm doing a lot better. Yeah, did you end up catching any of the Texans Chiefs game? Uh, yeah. Well, parts of it. I got many... a little bit of it. I even set an alarm to like wake up for the second half, and then I'm still half time, and then I just fall back. <laughs> it was so bad. It was quite the game. Uh, I that has to be the worst collapse I've ever seen. Even worse than the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Well, I doubt people will see it that way just because it's the Super Bowl. True. But Bill O'Brien should fire himself. That's, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I agree that that probably <laughs> won't happen. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, as you probably noticed, Sean is not with us. Um, he will no longer be on the show. Just kidding. Uh, he's doing. He's busy with some basketball officiating. He's playing basketball on a team. Um, plus, he he doesn't really care too much about NFL draft stuff. So uh, we well, don't want. As of right now, he does. <laughs> yeah, it's a little early for him. Yeah, uh, we get pretty amped up pretty he's, he's early. Bur- <laughs> he's a little burnt out from his 152 fantasy leagues. Yeah, so at least 152. <laughs> uh, so he'll be joining us periodically. Um, he wants to talk a little bit more in depth on the Browns when we do talk about them. Um, and I'm sure we'll do some mock drafts that he'll be a part of. Uh, and he will definitely be back for the 2020 fantasy football season. So um, stay tuned. If you miss Sean's voice, we are sorry. Uh, you can find him at S underscore something 12. <laughs> I'll look it up later. Uh <laughs> Just go to at the cut FFL and look in the bio and Sean's at is there, but you can tweet at him and ask him to come back, but he'll probably tell you no. Um, if you guys want to support the podcast, you can email us officialcutpod at gmail.com. Uh, as I just said, we're at the cut FFL. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, so go check us out there. Don't forget about our Lev Bell signed jersey contest. Um, this is. I believe, yeah, a week from today is when we are giving away the signed jersey. Um, we'll do the drawing sometime in the morning, but uh, the instructions are pretty simple. It's our pinned tweet, so go to at the cut FFL if you want to win a Lev Bell signed jersey. It's pretty nice. It's one of their black ones. Uh, I wish we weren't giving it away because I'd probably keep it and put it in my man cave that I have constructed in my mind that I don't actually have yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> I get it already. Um, all right. Today, we're going to be talking one thing, one thing only. It's our new segment. It's called Mediocre Men's. Uh, we're going to be mending the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they need a little more than a mend, I think. Uh, they need quite a few pieces, but we're going to do our best to give them something. Uh, maybe the, their GM will listen to us and uh, take our advice. What do you think, Randy? Uh, I doubt it, but I'm sure uh, whatever we come up with is what we're going to be happy with going into the fantasy season. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely true. Before we get started, though, we do have another review for Randy to read. Randy's review readings coming at you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this one is from The Burkhammer. 
Uh, the title of it is football. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I started listening to this podcast, I wasn't even sure what football was. Don't even know how I got here. But thanks to these guys, I sound like I might know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, we nice. <laughs> Had to give it some infliction finally. Yeah, I, I, I love it. <laughs> I thanks. actually got multiple days to actually look at it. <laughs> right. Thank you, to um, the Burkhammer, for yeah. your kind review. <laughs> yeah, if, if that is kind, I'm not quite sure. Oh, uh, still on the fence about it. That's 1,000% kind. <laughs> True. All right, uh, we're going to take our short break now. And when we come back, we'll start our mediocre men's. Welcome back to the cut. It is time to talk everything Cincinnati Bengals. Um, as you guys probably know by now, we're Cleveland Browns fans, so we watch the Bengals. Uh, I wouldn't say like super closely, but we watch them a little more than we would watch a team out west or or things like that. Unless you're Randy and you're a fan of a team out west, but. Um, so we're just going to kind of go over what their team needs are. Um, and we're going to try to keep it concise because they need basically everything. They were really bad. Um, what, Randy, if you had to prioritize what their team needs are, how would you go about that? I, I think you just have to start with Joe Burrow as a team need and then uh, <laughs> kind of go from there. But from there, if you're going to invest in a quarterback, uh, this is going to be Zach Taylor's future pretty much right here. If he's going to succeed in the NFL, he needs Burrow to be successful. And if you need him to be successful, why not build through the line? They already have good pieces on offense. So I would say pretty much besides their left guard and left tackle, they pretty much need everything else at the line. There were some guys that were okay this year and probably be, they, they could still be starters as the year's begins but i think if you get some stud guys in here they will overtake for the future and that's how you keep burrow alive especially in this cold weather and stuff <laughs> you don't want to be taking yeah. 60 hits like baker and shit so uh <laughs> but besides that they need probably another receiver aj green hopefully he'll come back i assume but he's going to be gone eventually and then just defense just corners <laughs> linebackers defensive line not necessarily edge as much, but they could definitely use depth. Uh, they're de- they're not going to be in a position to guarantee themselves a day one stud at the edge, but they could get some guy that rotates in and becomes a star. So that's why we draft, right? <laughs> yeah, I, and to your point, um, this edge class is probably one of the shallowest I've ever seen in terms of the draft. I I know there are a lot of project guys you probably could have said that going into last year. Um, not everyone was sold on guys like Brian Burns and, and look what Brian Burns was able to do in his rookie year. Um, so maybe they can find a gem a little later in the draft, but I don't necessarily think that they would look at the draft as a way to pick up some edge depth. I think that might be done in free agency. Um, speaking of free agency, they do have – quite a few key free agents coming into this offseason. Obviously, we mentioned A.J. Green. There's also Darquez Denard, Tyler Eifert, Nick Vigil, Andrew Billings, and then <laughs> what do you do with Andy Dalton? He's technically under contract. Um, I know he's a, a cut candidate. What do you think they'll do, Randy? Well, I think right now what they're doing is 
basically checking every single box, making sure Burrow is their guy for the future. Obviously, it has to fit what they want as an organization. And if they're still shaky about it, obviously there's Chase Young there that can solidify your draft right there. So if they settle on Burrow, then I think if they're leading towards that way, up, leading up to the draft, they need to start shopping Dalton. There are a few teams that have quarterback needs. There's pretty much just Burrow that's maybe going to be day one ready here, Tua possibly, depending on the health concerns coming out. But most likely he'll probably sit half the year just to make sure he's ready and up to speed. And But besides that, not really anybody that should be starting day one for sure. So there's a lot of teams that could really use Dalton services for at least a year. If you can get a fifth round for him, why not? And maybe even more in a bidding war. But whatever, if they can't, they should cut him. They don't need dead money on the on the books. They need to get better quick, but build for the future. So you need contracts for the good guys <laughs> and not guys right. you don't intend to keep. Right. Um, one thing I do want to know, I know we talked about their offensive line. Um, they do have Jonah Williams, who was a first-round pick. He's coming back next year. He'll start at left tackle, we presume. Um, there's a chance that if they get someone that is locked into that left tackle spot, that he could shift over to the right side. But I think because they invested that first-rounder in him already, they'd like to pair their first-round quarterback with a first-round left tackle and see how it goes. Um, they also have Drake Kirkpat- Kirkpatrick. Wow. Dre Kirkpatrick coming back uh, <laughs> off IR. Um, so he'll give some corner depth. He was listed as their CB1 uh, prior to the injury. Nothing that that secondary did um, at any point in the season was good. So I don't think that they're going to shy away from snagging a corner at any point in the draft. Um, let's move on and talk about some cap space. Um, so according to spot track, uh, which is where we'd like to get our cap space numbers. And I speak for everybody because I'm the one who did it. So I don't know if they actually, if Randy and Sean like using that, um, but they will be 16th in the NFL for 2020 as of right now. Um, they have $51 million, almost $52 million in cap space. Randy, what do you think that they're going to do with that cap space? Um, There's, I mean, this is a decent free agent class, but like, it's nothing like there's no top tier star that's going to save the day right off the bat. So I I know I put in here, don't go on a shopping spree. It's something that most teams have done when they're in the rebuilding. Uh, It's just, there's been a few that have been successful, just plugging in pieces, but most of the time you want to get key veteran guys and build through the draft and maybe some trades for younger guys. Just build this up and then get the free agents with the salary cap you have later when you're ready to contend. So in my book, maybe get one or two guys, but mainly just kind of retain the guys that you really need. I'm not quite sure if they need Tyler Eifert. They do have two other tight ends on the roster. They should see the market for Denard, probably bring him back, especially with Kirkpatrick coming back from injury. They need Nick Vigil at linebacker. They pretty much need Billings at D-tackle. They both they both had pretty good seasons. They shouldn't have high market value, so should be able to get decent contracts back on those guys. And 
they may have to franchise tag AJ Green. So that's a lot of money we're talking about just from keeping their own guys. So uh, if maybe if they can get like Conklin at right tackle and maybe that frees up their draft decisions in the second round, third round. But other than that, I don't really see a ton of people. I'm like, dang, they need to go get that guy to sure this up because <laughs> there's not shirting it up right now. There's you building for the future. Right. And some of the guys I listed out as potential free agents, Bradley Roby just got absolutely roasted. Um, he didn't have a great year, but he also didn't have a, a terrible year in Houston. He's a free agent. He's worth a shot. I don't think he's going to make a lot of money in free agency. Um, then you've got Ronald Darby. I don't like Ronald Darby. But <laughs> the the cornerback market is just really not very good. And yeah. that personally for me, like that is their biggest need um, other than offensive line. Uh, that's their biggest defensive need. And then I also listed out Wesley Woodyard. Um, he's a linebacker. He's, he's not very good, but none of the, <laughs> the linebackers on the Bengals right now are very good either. Uh, other than Nick Vigil, uh, who had a decent year. Their, um, their, de- their defense just – I mean, they're struggling defense, but half the league has really bad defense right now, to be honest with you. So they're not the only ones, but they, they really do kind of need to make wholesale changes there. But like we've kind of said, I mean, you listed two pretty decent veteran corners, which goes along with what I said earlier with checking the market on Denard. If he's the highest-paid guy, and we're talking – $40 million contract, $50 million. I mean, that's just uh, maybe it's a much better short-term deals with Darby and Roby. Maybe get yourself some depth as you draft a guy and maybe build next year through maybe <laughs> just get a younger guy next year to help you instead of investing $50 million in the corners. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. Let's head into a little bit of a mock draft. So the Bengals own a pick in each of the seven rounds this year. They have seven total picks. Uh, All of their picks are their own. They have the first overall pick um, as well. It has to be Joe Burrow for us, right? I mean, yeah, for us. I mean, like I said, stuff can come out later. Uh, We can see some inconsistent things from Burrow through pro days and combine maybe he gets hurt stuff like that can happen uh right now i think for their offensive future i think it's got to be burrow but i could i i mean i definitely sympathize with the thoughts of everyone that sits there like hey let's take chase young he's the best player in this draft uh he's one of the only people that might be a generational talent uh but Burrow could be as well. I mean, it's it's there's a lot of things up in the air right now, but I think it's got to be Burrow right now, especially with the new second-year coach that had an offense that kind of came alive down the stretch, honestly. This could be the thing that puts him over the top and kind of cements him into his position. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest concerns surrounding Joe Burrow are his lack of experience. Um, we saw – Obviously not a historical Heisman winning season, but we saw this with Mitch Trubisky where people fell in love with how good he was in that one season and forgot to take into account the fact that he couldn't win a starting job up until then. I'm not saying that 
Joe Burrow shouldn't have been starting maybe at Ohio State when he was there. And then he did start at LSU last year, and he, he wasn't what he was this season. Um, so you do get a little bit concerned with with just the length of his produ- productivity. Um, but I think with how he's played this year, I think he has one of the most accurate deep balls in the draft. Obviously, you can make a case for Tua, but that's what the league is now. You're, you're throwing the ball. I know they have Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe Burrow compliments Joe Mixon, I think, a little better than uh, Chase Young compliments uh, Sam Hubbard, for example. So, yeah. um, and, and I was a noted Chase Young might go first overall because I do believe in Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton's not super old, but it's going to come down to money. Um, I think something you or Sean said before about they're a rebuilding team, they're going to bring in a quarterback on a rookie deal and, and start from scratch. And I tend to agree with that. Yeah. Because it's the proven method right now. There's not, yeah. there's, I mean, what we got the Titans and maybe the Vikings to a certain extent are the only people that are building through older free agent quarterbacks. And even the Vikings at that, they were successful without Kirk. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to this second round pick. They pick at the top of the second. Um, I guess this pick depends on how you see the first round shaking out. I personally believe that there will be a, a pretty decent run on receivers. Um, and while I think that there is a possibility that Joe Burrow's teammate, Justin Jefferson, sitting there, I don't think that that's one of the biggest needs that this team has. Randy, if you were selecting for the Bengals at the top of the second round, who would you pick? Uh, <laughs> I mean, for me, it's got to be O-line. I mean, I, I, I've already said this. It's what they need. I could see going tackle um, to compliment Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams did have some draft stock concern of not possibly being able to perfectly play the tackle position. We don't believe that. I think he's going to be a great left tackle. But worst case, he moves to right tackle. Worst case, he moves to guard. He's still going to be a starter and probably a perennial pro bowler. So getting another guy in here to help that line is kind of where I'm leaning. I know you're really high in Becton, and I have him right now as my fourth tackle in the draft, which is usually a pretty good spot for, I mean, second top of the second round, a guy that most likely could sneak into the first with somebody, one of these teams like Seattle who's playing right now that could obviously use a tackle. <laughs> they could use uh, a lot of things, but... We'll get uh, to them. <laughs> besides him, Austin Jackson there too, and Yang there too, as well as tackle. Uh, how, how do you say the Wisconsin guy's last name? I don't want to say it wrong. Biotish. <laughs> okay, Biotish. That's what I thought. Uh, he is probably the best interior offensive lineman on the board at this point. Uh, depending on your feelings about Nick Harris, he's probably going to be around there too. I think he's a little bit behind. Uh, Biotish there. So for me, it's got to be either Biotish or uh, or Becton. why can't I find him? Becton, yeah. <laughs> Mainly because I there could be an edge guy here that they would like, but again, not a biggest need for them. Uh, I assume the runner in corners, receivers is already done. They don't need a running back. Maybe there's an interior defensive lineman here that they like, but I 
I assume they're just gonna they're gonna focus. They they could draft Justin Jefferson. I I mean I physically could say that they wouldn't be the first team to pair their quarterback with their favorite college target, give him comfort coming out the next year. Uh, but I I think he'd be more comfortable on his feet with one of these offensive linemen. Yeah. And for me, for me, I think it's Becton. I think he can still play right tackle fine. And if they need to switch, they need to switch. Who cares? And there's, he's he's, it's it's a more prominent position in this draft class. People aren't going to be prioritizing the inside offensive line. They may be able to snag one of them next round or later than draft that can be valuable. Maybe not a starter, but at least a, rota- a rotating piece. There's going to be injuries. Offensive linemen always get injured. They're always getting everyone thrown at their legs. Trust me, it's awful. <laughs> you feel <laughs> the second you get hit, you just you you crumble because you're like, okay, if I stand straight, everything's gonna break. So you, <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Uh, so you would go back to in here. here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh God, I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> so I know you really like back in back in. I I believe you have him higher than fourth in your rankings, but I'm not sure. You know, he's either three or four. He was two for me, and then I watched some more Andrew Thomas tape. Uh, and, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I just got really excited when I was watching Mecky Becton because the dude's, a, like, he's almost seven feet tall, I feel like, and he's massive, and he gets up the field. Um, big fan of him. I probably would go that route in this scenario, but honestly – if we both have him ranked fourth, there's a pretty good chance that he goes in the first round and he's gone. And after that, I mean, you've got Trey Adams from Washington, Austin Jackson. I'm not too excited about those guys. I think if they were to switch over to the right side, they would be better off, which that's probably what's going to happen to whoever they draft here. Um, So it wouldn't be a bad pick. I will say we've talked about it before our love for Cole Komet <laughs> giving Joe Burrow a guy like Cole Komet right off the bat. I know they have Uzama. I know they drafted Drew Sample last year, but if Cole Komet falls to this pick, I think they'd be foolish not to go get him. Um, but then yeah. I, I like, I don't hate it. It's the same thing I said with Justin Jefferson or I mean, someone right in that range. Uh, it's, it's just, I mean, it's a nice target. I, as of now, the way we're doing mocks and most of the people in this profession are doing mocks, Becton isn't reaching the first. He's not close yet. Uh, a lot of people don't even have them going here. They have him going even middle of this round. I think that's foolish. I think he does get pushed up close to this round. Mm-hmm. A lot of the guys, a lot of these better teams need a lot more. They They need other things besides the line. I'm not sure it gets prioritized, but the Bengals could also move up too. So yeah. I, for me, I think it's backed in. I but if you would have moved to the inside O line, that's fine with me too. I, but yeah, I, I, I mean, don't think I don't think Komet gets past the Patriots. So I I hope so, man, for their sake, because um, <laughs> I feel so bad for the New England Patriots. Yeah, I was gonna um, say. <laughs> there's also a couple corners that I wouldn't mind taking here. Um, yeah, Jeff Gladney. Go ahead. I, yeah, I mean, I could see him as well. Um, it is probably their second biz, biggest need, but that can be a position that they build through free agency. There's 
they're not really going to have much of a chance to do it. the offensive line through free agency unless they're going on a shopping spree. <laughs> like they're right. going to spend big to get any of them. I, I know Conklin's probably roughly going to start his offers with like fifteen million a year. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I I tend to agree, and in most of the mocks that I have done so far, the four corners that I have pegged as first rounders all go in the first round, and that's Okuda, Christian Fulton, Paulson Adebo, and C.J. Henderson, who I I have him moved up as a first-round grade now, cornerback out of Florida. That's scary, but um, they've been <laughs> they've been going in the first round. So I personally would also go Beckton. So I guess we can have some consensus here. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the third round pick. Um, they do pick at the top of that round as well. Like I said, they, I believe they have all of their own picks. So they're picking at the top of each round, um, which is a pretty good thing. I think, um, I think they can start the runs on positions if they want, or they can just kind of snag people if they've, they've seen the runs already happen. Um, after this round, it does get a little dicey. Um, we are obviously pretty shallow into our NFL, like our prospect analysis. So, um, we'll do our best to, to give some analysis on some of these guys, but, Randy, if you were picking here, who would you go with, or what position at least? I mean, I feel like I've already kind of given away my uh, <laughs> my <laughs> feelings, and I think I would go interior offensive line here. But I I'm always been a big proponent of line, probably a little biased there. Uh, but I mean, look what the Raiders have done. They did theirs through free agency mostly. They spent a ton of money on a great line that it's actually ever evolving at this point. But it's it's given Derek Carr license to be good enough to be their starter. So if you uh, if you protect your guy, you have a better chance of winning. It's just how it works. So uh, honestly, here I do assume a ton of people are going to go, and that does scare me. Uh, But I think Nitain Muti from Fresno State will probably be here in the Mm -hmm. third, and I don't hate that fit. But I. think there may be a corner here that uh you probably you've done a lot more corner scouting than i have so <laughs> is there a third round corner that you like here because i i say that or maybe hunter bryant falls to here yeah uh, tight end at tight end at a uh, washington I, I think he'd be a nice fit here if they're not fully into sample i i tend to agree in terms of third round corners I think he'll probably go higher because people in the the draft world really seem to like this guy, but I have Trayvon Diggs as a third round talent. Um, I just don't really like what I see out of him. I assume he'll test well because he is a really good athlete and that might push him up into the second. Um, I don't think there's any shot that Trayvon Diggs goes in the first round and you can record me. And when he's a top 15 pick, you can throw it in my face. I don't care, but Trayvon Diggs, um, if he's sitting here, I think that's, I mean, I know it's the top of the third. I have a third round grade on him, um, but that's a premium position. You need good corners. He is pretty good in man. Um, he looked like he was dogging it at times. He's not going to do that when he's obviously playing for a bigger contract if he goes this late in the draft. So I think you could look at a guy like him 
Also, there's Harrison Hand out of Temple. I know he's rising up a lot of boards. I was mildly impressed with him. Um, he's just not fast enough uh, from what I can tell. I don't think he's going to test well. So he could be here, and, and he is good um, in terms of man coverage as well. He's a very physical guy. I personally, though, with how deep this wide receiver class is, I know we talked – that hopefully they franchise um, A.J. Green, but I still see that as a pretty big need. John Ross can't stay on the field. Tyler Boyd is better off as a, a second receiver. I don't think you're going to get a number one receiver here in the third round, but you know my love for Tyler Johnson. Um, he's probably going to be sitting there from what I've heard. There's guys like Devin DuVernay, Gabriel Davis, uh, Brian Edwards. I mean, all of these guys could make an impact. Uh, maybe outside of Gabriel Davis um, from day one. So I personally would go with Tyler Johnson because I'm super biased, but I can definitely understand why you would go with an interior guy. Um, what do you think of, of going receiver this early? Uh, I don't hate it, but from everything I've uh, kind of been seeing about a possible uh, character issue or incident maybe with Johnson. I'm not sure he goes this high is my only thing. I I haven't been in love with him as much as you and Sean and other people have been, but I definitely think he's at worst a third round talent. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think he's a, like a top four wide receiver in the class. And that's I just me either. personally. Well, I, I know, but there's there's been a lot of talk that lately about, uh, especially after the bowl game, which I immediately just went to recency bias. So that's probably a little bit of bias on my own part there. So maybe I need to check myself there. But uh, uh, yeah, I I personally would love to see them go line, but obviously their defense is in shambles. So I'd say corner or maybe even safety or interior defensive line here. I. I would say linebacker, but I don't really like the fit right now where I, I kind of see things going. I like the fit better, like, next round kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, I tend to agree. I know we both like um, – well, we'll t- we'll talk about it. Let's move on yeah. to the fourth round. Um, well, I, you want to you pick someone there? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Um, I was going to let you pick, a, like, a defensive guy there. Well, I can assume – based on what everyone's saying, that Trayvon Diggs will be gone. So we can go with Harrison Hand. I think he's going to be up in this range um, by the time everything ends. And that way they have at least a project corner that they can build yeah. with. Uh, yeah. For round four. Um, I, I think we've we both kind of pegged this round as either a lineman that slips or a linebacker. <laughs> I mean, yep. I, I don't, I don't think a lot of like corners are going to slip past the third round. There's going to be guys that can be studs coming after that, and guys that can be great rotational. But the the guys that are pegged higher and high on draft boards, they're not going to slip past the third. So, for me, I think Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech is kind of a great fit here. He's he may get pushed up into the third. Uh, going forward, especially testing, it's a uh, it's kind of a weak class. But I think either him or him or uh, Patty Fisher or Troy Die 
are probably the range in the third and fourth round type guys for me personally. Yeah, so I'm actually running through a mock right now. And Trey Adams, the offensive tackle out of Washington, fell to the fourth. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But if he's sitting there and you think that Jonah Williams can play a guard position, I know you already drafted uh, Mackie Becton. I would consider drafting another tackle. I know, Randy, you can get on board with that because you love offensive linemen. Um, can never have I, enough. But again, <laughs> I, I don't think a talent like him is going to fall this far. So I am comfortable going linebacker here because that is definitely a need of theirs as well. He could fall this far. Um, he has a lot of uh, injury issues. He does. That may make him slip. But again, this this is a really strong class and skill positions, but kind of, and that's mainly offensive. Honestly, there's there's obviously going to be great people that come out of this. There's great talent across the board, but once we get down this late, it does get harder and harder to separate some of these guys, especially at the non-skill position places because a lot of these guys have just minor or have minor and major issues on and off the field. It's kind of hard to delegate there, but I think it's got to be linebacker there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they, so we'll, they slot, need it. we'll slot Jordan Brooks right in because like you said, there's a chance that he's already gone. Um, but as of right now, people are pegging him as a fourth rounder uh, or somewhere in that range. Moving on to the fifth round pick. Um, I know we passed up receiver. I still think there are going to be some guys that can contribute from the first day of camp. Um, but is this somewhere that you would look at an edge? Would you look at maybe safety? I I think safety is a good shout. Um, if they don't get us another offensive lineman, uh, in one of these other picks, I think that the interior offensive line, basically whatever's left at this point, honestly, isn't going to be. I mean, it's not going to be amazing, but it's going to be helpful. Worst case, it's a rotational guy. I think Hansen was probably going to, like Jake Hansen from Oregon, I think he's probably going to shoot up higher than this. But mm-hmm. as of now, this is a round where I have him, but I haven't gone in depth on the guy. Uh, he's probably my favorite at this point, with just my rankings. But I'm fine with wide receiver here because there's guys like Devin Duvernay and Colin Johnson to an extent, but Michael Pittman Jr., Brian Edwards, Chase Claypool, Isaiah Hodgins. That's kind of fourth, fifth round is kind of where I have all those guys. Mm-hmm. And I think all those guys would be at least rotational depth piece. I know they had a couple guys that kind of came on midway through the season <laughs> thanks to injuries. I try to say season and thanks at the same time, apparently. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> So maybe they don't see this as a position of value in the draft, but I think getting a guy like Duvernay right now, the fifth round is going to be great. I just, I'd like his talent. Yeah, if he's sitting there, I'd honestly be shocked. Um, I think once he gets to the combine, which I assume he'll be extended an invite. Um, I think once he gets there, it's over. Um, <laughs> I, I do. I, I have him as a second round talent. Uh, if he fought, but the thing is, is this is such a deep receiver class that you're going to get someone like a Devin DuVernay in 
fifth round and you're going to be ecstatic. Someone like Brian Edwards as well, or even Michael Pittman Jr. Um, yeah. And I, into I, Antonio Mandy Golden for, yes. I mean, a lot of people have him as a late round pick. I just, I don't see it. The dude is electric. Um, if, if he is a late round pick though, you could potentially get him here or later and go with another position. Yeah. I I also brought him up, but I I'm kind of on a Isaiah Hodgins kick at the moment uh, from Oregon State. I'm <laughs> sure he's definitely gonna not be where I have him right now. <laughs> the longer this goes, but I have loved him on day three. Same with Duvernay though. So I, I love either of those. But I what what are we doing next? Because um, I think we've uh, we've kind of spread out where we've attacked. <laughs> in a certain sense yeah so i think at this point um you're just taking best player available on your personal board i don't necessarily know the teams do this um so we took receiver in the fifth round we're giving joe burrow weapons i personally would take a tight end um i do like drew sample i don't know why CJ Uzama and Tyler Eifert were there for so long. Um, well, Uzama's still going to be there. They're okay. They're nothing special. Tight end obviously isn't <laughs> the most lucrative position in terms of what they bring to a team. But look at the teams that do have good tight ends. Like you've got the, the 49ers with George Kittle. You've got the Chiefs with Kelsey. Those two teams are playing in the conference championship game. So you can take a swing on a guy you think may have a Kittle mold because George Kittle was drafted in what the fifth round. Randy, is that right? Something like that. Yes. I know he was, he was drafted later than Kelsey. That's all I remember. Yeah. So I personally would go with Harrison Bryant, the other H Bryant in this draft, Um, the tight end out of Florida Atlantic. He's a freaking beast. Um, I believe he won the award for best tight end in the nation. I would just take a swing on that in the sixth round. Some people don't even have him on draft boards, which I don't understand at all. But Randy, what what would you do here in the sixth? I th- I think that's where I would go here. Uh, I would say either there or uh, I'm gonna obviously harp on him to your offensive line, but uh, <laughs> safety as well. Uh, maybe you can get like the forgotten guy from Alabama. Uh, <laughs> But I can't think of his name right now, which is ironic as hell. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just know his name and now I can't find it. Oh, God. That's I so know bad. who you're talking about. I also don't know his name. Oh, that's so bad. I, why, do, <laughs> why do I do this to myself? We did say this in Mediocre, so. Oh, uh, Shaheem Carter. Sorry. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that. he's he's a day three guy. I do see him falling down boards because there's a lot of safeties in that day three mold right now for me. And it's going to be a lot of pro day and combine separation there. Maybe we can get a, a, a tier list after that goes. But as of now, there's so many just right in that clump for me. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's I'm not sure he gets all the way to six, but who knows? <laughs> right. Stuff fluctuates as we go. But yeah. I, Harrison Bryant's fine with me, especially because you're probably not if you can get much out of sample. This year, maybe you can switch to just him and Bryant going forward and get rid yeah. of Uzama. 
So. Yeah, that, that could definitely happen. Um, seventh round, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't care what position we go with because your seventh rounder might not even make the team. Um, I know that this is where teams like to take a shot on drafting a competent backup quarterback, but I think the Bengals already have that with Ryan Finley. Um, I don't know how competent Ryan Finley actually is, but I don't (laughs) think that any guy that they draft in the seventh round is going to be better and win that backup role behind Joe Burrow and shoot. They could be fighting for third string if they keep Andy Dalton on for another year. Um, Personally, I know that they drafted two running backs last year that didn't see the field this year. Um, I might look at running back. It's such a shifting position. Guys are in and out of the league all the time. And this is a pretty deep running back class. You've got guys like uh, P. Ryan and Patrick Taylor Jr. and A.J. Dillon still sitting there probably in the seventh. But those are also guys that you look at as undrafted free agents, probably, and you can bring them into camp either way. Um, Is there a player that you think would be a good fit here in the seventh or even a position other than interior offensive line? (laughs) Um, Honestly, right now, the talent does kind of drop off everywhere in my eyes, except for... um, Possibly edge to an extent and safety, but mainly for me, it's going to be wide receiver running back. And that's kind of what they've been doing lately is taking shots on guys late. I'm not sure they take, if they do go Duvernay earlier, I don't think they take a shot at another one here, but there are a few guys that should be around here like Mims and, um, I mean, Spielman, Lipscomb, Cephas, uh, Jeff Thomas. Jeff Thomas, yes, thank you. Jeff Thomas might be the Preston Williams this year, though, in that he might not get drafted because of his off-field issues. But That's the dude is, is a really good talent. And if the Bengals don't go uh, with the Verne when they did in, in this particular scenario, they might look at someone like that to maybe come in and and help out Joe Burrow. Um, I yeah, also for, think – go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, that's fine. If it's not that, maybe Benjamin Victor too. Sorry. I just want to add one more. But I, I'm i fine with running back here because uh, there are guys that are going to fall. We're at the beginning of the seventh. If you take him here, he's not even guaranteed to be on the roster. But they do have four guys right now, one who's obviously a superstar, one they – probably overpay to be a backup and two guys that are kind of injury pro just sitting on the bench rookies. So maybe you see how they have shaked out over the year and take a chance on another guy here like AJ Dillon and uh, maybe he shakes out a little bit better people that don't have the same injury history as other people like uh, it's Williams, the the guy from uh, was it Oklahoma last year. Uh, Yeah. Sounds right. I I did like his talent, but his just I mean he got got hurt again just in training camp. I mean, yep. I, I think pivoting away from that would be a good idea. They they need to get away from overpaying their backup running backs. They they need to find the replacement. Yeah, I think they need to get rid of Gio Bernard. Um, he, was, he, he was he was not, not productive this year, uh, and he. He just got paid this year, so I doubt they're going to get rid of him. 
But, I mean, in terms of the running backs that are left, you mentioned A.J. Dillon. I like P. Ryan out of Florida personally a little better than if he's sitting there, which he should be because teams tend to take running backs later. Um, I think that's a, a decent shot. He's an incredible athlete, um, and I think he'd complement Joe Mixon pretty well. Um, but there's also corners on the board still. Uh, <laughs> it'd be really funny if they drafted A.J. Green uh, out of Oklahoma State, and that's the A.J. Green they end up with this year. But um, I know he's <clears throat> decently high <laughs> on some people's boards. I haven't watched enough tape to really make that decision yet, but – um, I mean, really the seventh round, like we said, is just a shot. I personally would go running back and maybe you find something and you can get rid of Geo's contract. Yeah, I agree. I, I think taking a shot at finding a, a little bit of diamond and rough, it's I he's not gonna be the starter. It's it's Joe Mixon. <laughs> but uh maybe we get some production out of them in camp and some production through this year and the years upcoming. And he just they they have a pivot from Bernard and get him off the books because they're gonna need to get him off the books eventually. Yes, they are. They're gonna have to pay Mixon in a couple of years. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's scary for them. Um okay, <laughs> but that was seven rounds of a mock draft. I know we uh we kind of struggled through that at times because like I said, we haven't watched enough tape on some of these seventh round guys. Uh, but we're going to bring you the best analysis that we can. Can't promise it won't be mediocre, but if it weren't <laughs> mediocre, we wouldn't be sticking to our brand. So, um, exactly. yeah, um, that'll do it. Uh, as always, <laughs> check out our, our website, officialcutpod.wordpress.com. I know last episode we talked about doing some more 2020 fan- or 2019 fantasy recaps. I think we're going to put those in article form and we're going to kind of wait it out until we're a little closer to the 2020 season um, or at least closer to the NFL draft, because I know that's when you'll be doing some uh, rookie drafts and and analyzing your personal teams. Uh, So check that out. Make sure you guys subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We're everywhere. Um, So just simple Google search will pop up. Randy, do you have anything to add before we get out of here? No, uh, just uh, let us know if you uh, like our mediocre men's and if you have any other subjects about the draft or positions, maybe you want us to cover like a, a ranking of top 10 of a position or something. Uh, we're fine to kind of play fast and loose with this, obviously. So uh, we're probably going to stick to this formula a good a bit for a lot of the teams, uh, hopefully all, but we'll see what happens. I know there's going to be teams like the Browns that we'll probably go more in depth on, obviously, because all four of us are fans of the Browns. Or maybe I like, maybe you want to go more in depth on the Titans. I know Sweet's a Broncos fan. Uh, Obviously, I'm Raiders and Patriots as well, but they don't need as much talking. Well, the Patriots, I guess I should say. (laughs) Uh, So, but yeah, and uh, hopefully we can. finalize these coaching staffs so we can go over there them and their impacts i I know a lot of people have gone over them already but i i don't think with the staffs not being done that's uh fully giving the picture of what's going to be happening soon so yeah yeah i tend to agree there um we do want to do that we might do some uh conference championship 
review or, or uh, recap. Um, not in terms of fantasy, just we like football. We like talking football. So we might uh, toss that in there next week. Um, but don't forget, go enter the Lev Bell Sign Jersey contest. Uh, like I said, that ends on January 19th, a week from today. So last week to do it. Last week. <laughs> All right. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.